This podcast was recorded before the SAG and WGA strike. Hey everyone, my name is Cameron Aubel-Brannigan and this is the Cameron AB Show. I am sitting with my good friend and uh, fellow collaborator, Danny Mooney, uh, multi-hyphenate. Uh, him and I made, along with some other great people, sandpaper. Let's get into it. Ahoy. Ahoy. <laughs> Ahoy there, matey. We just met each other now. Yes. Moments, moments ago. <laughs> yes. Um, this is Danny Mooney, uh, director... Actor, writer, extraordinaire, lifesaver <laughs> in many different ways. Um, well, why don't you, I guess, start off, just give a 30-second intro of who you are, what you do, how you do it. 30-second and... <laughs> existence of Danny. Um, yeah, man. I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and then started doing like improv and theater in high school and kind of found my way via mechanical engineering into film and acting in college and then yeah kind of straight out of college into the producing directing acting world and i've been there ever since and i love that you came from the engineering background first yeah. i feel like especially right now that served you so well mm -hmm. because so much of film and tv is about kind of figuring out and tinkering and knowing the latest tech and how things work totally and and i see a lot of like creatives not knowing a thing about you know how to edit or the technical aspects of anything yeah you know? totally um and i think i don't know that I, I think that that's kind of like your superpower yeah it definitely helps man like like I think naturally I got a good balance. My my mom's kind of a more creative person and my dad's like a computer engineer and I kind of landed somewhere in the middle. So I kind of like lucked out on that front, but then doing it like a year of mechanical engineering and kind of going that route in the first place. Uh, yeah, it just, it helps you realize that like you can have awesome ideas in your head, but it's like, but the people that are the best at getting that on the screen know what the vehicle is to get that to the screen. And, and like in this day and age, all the cameras mostly are giant computers with glass on the front and that's yeah. what you're dealing with and yeah then yeah editing same like you're just sitting in front of a giant computer so it's like if you don't know the mechanics and the electricals that you're working with then it's like it's tough to be like it should look like this or feel like this and right. if you don't know how to get it there then and also knowing how to even communicate to the people who are dealing with that technology totally but like the dp or the focus puller or you know data wrangler you know all For those sure. people just knowing what they do and how to communicate with them yeah on the same page i think too is like at least for me because it's it helps for me but I, not everyone goes about it this way but i just kind of feel like to be a good teammate especially like when you're directing where you're kind of like a part of every department and you know you're kind of like tangentially like creatively involved in kind of every aspect like if you don't know what someone does or you haven't had experience with someone does communication is really hard. Yeah. Like also like just someone who's in that position, listening to a director kind of tell them like what they want, but like have no idea how to achieve it or like know the shoes that they're standing in at that moment. Like, um, from the acting side too. I yeah. mean like all the way down to the, yeah, you're right. Like a DIT or a data wrangler. It's like, I feel like it's also just a matter of respect, you know, like if I was playing on a soccer team and my soccer captain had never played soccer before or had never played my position before, <laughs> yeah. I'd feel like a little like, I mean, cool that you're wanting it that way, but you also don't know how to get it there. Or you don't know what I do. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of it, I feel like it's just like honoring your teammate. So I'm guessing having me a complete noob 
<laughs> trying to produce and make this film that we did together. Um, I first of all, I thought you were so gracious with your time and just like teaching me things. And oh, of course. Whenever, man. whenever I went like, so what does that mean? I was this. <laughs> yeah. What? What is this? What? What did you say? Could you? I don't speak that language. Like, yeah. I, I'm sure. Uh, I, I mean, of course, I was like a kid trying to learn how to walk in certain ways for sure but i think like nat you're also naturally inclined to a lot of it and i think like you also kind of that have that healthy dose of like being a creative but you also like get the technical side yeah. like um and i and i appreciate like as like going with what i just said like i feel like not all producers or writers or performers want to know all the other things like they're just kind of like mm-hmm. uh, i'll let them handle it like that's why we're paying them but like but you had the ideology of like what does that person do how do they do it and like, how can I help them? How can like they help the project? Like that whole yeah. thing is all uh, like that symbiotic relationship. And I appreciated that you always wanted to go that route. So I was always like, yeah, dude, like ask questions. Like, let's figure this out. And like, if I don't have an answer, like let's go find the answer together, like from this person or that person. Or, yeah, like, so yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, I appreciated you just kind of answering all my phone calls and <laughs> questions be like, I, I need help here, Danny. Um, because honestly, I needed that like technical aspect of it, you know? Um, but yeah, I get, I guess you're right. The one thing that I really have that's like an ace up my sleeve is my curiosity. Mm-hmm, totally. I'm always like, why are they? Because I think with me, and I've, I've mentioned this before, <clears throat> um, me having a, a background in dance for 10 years and performing all around the country, I really have a respect for everybody behind the scenes everybody from the costume from you know the stage manager to like everybody involved the whole crew because without them like we can't do anything for sure you know and 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 uh i i i i was really happy when we were able to get this ragtag tag team of people to come and shoot this film at a ballet studio and a sound stage. And I just was able to say, all right, you guys know what you're doing. Have fun with it. I have a limited amount of money. Like I know I'm, I'm sure that there are a lot of producers. Maybe you've, you can speak to this, not, not personally, but you've seen it of people not knowing what someone does but then interjecting their own opinions into what another professional is doing. hundred percent. You know, (laughs) it's like, uh, uh, I, I, I I don't know if like for me, I try to read the room you know, if this person was hired by me to do something, they better know how to do the thing that I'm hiring them to do. Totally. So, yeah, I feel, I feel like there is a, uh, there's a healthy dose of those producers in the industry where like (laughs) they're, the person that will be like, you need to do this better. And like, then they walk away and the person's like, I don't even do that. That's not my department. Right. Like, what are we talking about? And it's like, your boss is like boss, you know, like I, I see like a producer is like, you know, uh, lead by serving sort of, sort of methodology. But like a lot of producers are like, I tell people what to do to run a tight ship. And it's like, yeah, it's like, so you're like my, my like boss quote unquote is like telling me I have to do this. They don't know what they're talking about. Right. And I know that's the wrong way to go about it. Like, how do I handle this? And like, it just puts a lot of people like into a position where they're not prepared to do their best work, you know, or like, I mean, the reason you hire somebody is because they're good at it or they're creative at it. And like, and then if you micromanage them into the ground then you're like, why? Like you could just hire a monkey at that point or like an artificial intelligent robot and just be like, you are now the data manager and like, make sure the costumes look good. And they're like, that's not a data. What? You know, (laughs) I've seen it so many times. It's like, 
bonkers, dude. So yeah, so I appreciated uh, that you like, yeah, like really helped and like made sure that like, you know, people had the agency to like do their job the way they wanted to do it, but also like right. ask questions and everything. And like, and like the crew that we put together was like the best teammates ever. Cause like everyone was down yeah. to explain things or like help out. And like, yeah. you know, everyone was wearing multiple hats. Cause like you kind of have to on something this small and like everyone was just like on point for sure. And I, and I think that that made everyone really enthusiastic about doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, Remember Eric, the boom op? Yeah. He was so enthusiastic every single day on set. He was like, hey, man, how you doing? And I was like, I just loved having that energy. Totally. That somebody wanted to be there just to do it. Yeah. And they felt comfortable doing it. Yep. And I felt that throughout the whole scope of the thing. Totally. And um, he, he also had, like everybody on our crew, but like he also had so much appreciation for like all aspects of the craft. Like obviously right. like he was the boom operator, but like after a scene he would like go up to like you guys like after like one of you all like crush something and he'd be like dude that was amazing or, <laughs> right like, you know he was just like excited <laughs> to see awesome stuff happen and like that's that's the sort of people you want because it's like right. the people that are there to like punch the clock it's like you know if they're great that's one thing but also like on something like this like there's just no room for it it's there's like no everyone's got to be yeah. passionate and and be there because they want to like tell this story, you know? Now, if you're on a show on like the hundredth episode, mm. maybe you may not go to the actors after every take and be like, bro, that was so good. You know, <laughs> right. maybe you get like a little more accustomed to what you're doing, but um, no, I, I, I really think that we put together a pretty good culture Do on set. Sure. Yeah. I, and I think that's, that's so important for any project whether it be for film, whether it be for anything, anything yeah. artistic, and it's a collaborative thing, it has to be fun for people. Yep. I, 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 I think that this, the horror stories that we've all heard of kind of toxic sets mm -hmm. and toxic work environment, I don't know, they don't make good product. No. At least not anymore. Yeah. You know, maybe back then that was like the status quo and it's like you had to do what you had to do. Mm -hmm. But now people put their foot down and they won't work for that. Yeah, totally. They won't do it. Um, but but yeah, I, 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 I'm always, I always think back of, of like what we were able to do in such a short amount of time. Yeah, because I think you're totally right. Like the culture ekes onto the screen. Yeah. And no matter how much like money you have or how big your set is or how talented your crew is like if everyone's like in a shitty mood like that's just gonna like eke into the actors it's gonna eke into the camera or yeah. the operators and like yep. it's just it's always gonna show and and i think like with something like this where like everyone's just like a very like-minded person and super supportive of everybody involved and like just rooting for everybody like it equally ekes onto the screen, you know? And then it just like, it just gives a, a space for the actors to do their best work, the camera operator, like hunker in and do it. And like, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's written all over the film, like the culture, I agree. I remember when we had uh, the one um, uh, run through of the scenes, uh, rehearsal with uh, mm -hmm. Isabella. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about you know, being number one on the call list and like mm -hmm. setting the tone and mm -hmm. all this stuff. And she's talking about, she's just talking and I'm sitting kind of like next to her going, Oh shit, I'm number one on the call list. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm the one who has to set the tone. Oh my God. Like it hit me then. Yeah. But I think we had done enough work before then. This was like a week before shooting yep. that all of it was already it there. Yeah. Totally. You know, um, yeah, and I think that if you are in a position 
that you're making something, you have to set the tone. Yeah. You have to, you create the world that you're working in. Totally. Um, yeah. That's for sure too. Like, I feel like the tone is set on every set by everyone as a collective, but like, especially like the top down, you know, like it's, what's that weird yes. saying? Like, like you can't cut the head off a dragon or something like that. Like you can't have like an amazing culture, but then have like your producers and directors and like lead actors all be shitty, be all shitty. the time. And yeah. like that's, yeah, it's just never conducive to being like creative and open. And like, especially for like actors, like, like by nature of the acting beast, like people are emotionally receptive, you know? And right. like, you're going to walk into a space where you hear people like, like yelling at each other or someone's like angry or like slamming doors. Like it's, it's, it's inherently going to get into you and like, right. you're not going to be able to do your best work. We're people. We're all people. Yeah, for sure. We're all sponges to our environment. Yeah. We all have to take it in because that's how we've survived for bajillion years or however long totally. humans have been around. And on our film too, it's like, the actors are like that as with every film, but also like even more than a lot of films on ours because we really wanted to take aesthetically and tonally kind of more of like a gritty, almost like doc approach, or right. like cinema verite or whatever you want to call it or a gorilla approach. Like, like Benji, art cinematographer, as well as our camera operator. Who crushed it, who by crushed the way. He, he really had to like immerse himself too. You know, like we had the shots, but like it was a, it was, it was purposely left for like interpretation and like involvement with the camera and everything from like, you know, little touch zooms here or there to just movement. I mean, like the camera was never locked off in this movie. Like it was, right. it was always on his shoulder. And so, you know, there's times where it's just like you and like another actor and him like curled up together on the floor and like, that's the scene and he's got to kind of feel it too. And so when you have crap environments like that ekes into that too absolutely so it's, it's it's like this dance that goes all the way around like, yeah for lack of a, of a better yes. metaphor, but it is yeah 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 and and uh yeah no i well one i just have to say thank you benji for crushing the just every because it made it made editing so easy oh for sure oh it wasn't just him it was jake it was mm -hmm. the sound it was everything yeah um i i I really have a huge appreciation for putting the work all in the forefront and not saying, oh, we'll get it in edit. Because you hear that all the time. Yeah. We'll get it in post. <laughs> but really, if you do all the work in the beginning, the post gets so much easier. Yeah, you're not you're not trying to cut around that crappy shot or like right. or that shot that's just like grossly out of focus the whole time. Like, you know, like Bryce, our first AC, was just like rock and focus and like without marks like we really didn't use no. marks i mean like there's dancers flying through space benji's flying through space like you know if you think of all those changing vectors like right. distances all the time and like and he's just like ripping it he's ripping stuff off of mirrors too so it's like That's true it's, yeah. it's like that is such a mind job because you're like doubling distance or at least like adding distance even though they're coming closer to camera because you're bouncing it so it's like you know focus puller is invaluable and uh and yeah and like you know he knew going into it i was like we're not really doing marks. He's like, bring it, dude. And like, he's just <laughs> ripping sharps the whole time. So yeah. So like that whole team is just gotta be able to feel it and like go with it. And like the culture just ekes into all those people. Like even Eric, the boom op, you know, right. Like, if he's distracted or if he's just feeling shit, like he's just not going to be on his game as much right. to be able to like, just really get the, like the perfect sound and everything. So you're totally right, man. I mean, I'm sure it's similar in dance. Like, I mean, if you have a dance company, but like one of the soloists is like a, 
giant cock head, then like you're probably not going <laughs> to yes. be able to like do your best work because you're just always dealing with the antics of whoever the soul is. And they are out there. Yeah, I'm and sure. And you have to deal with it. And I think it just like on film, it bleeds onto the stage. You see it. Um, also, crafty helps too. Yep. If you yeah. have if you have a crafty, uh, well stocked, um, mm-hmm. people are happier. Yeah, it turns out humans need food to survive, and like that, uh, that plays into their vibes. And uh, even when you have like no money, like, and especially on this, we on this we had no. And we money. also didn't have a crafty person like Danny, no. our other producer. Like, yeah. was really, and and Miguel, her boyfriend, right. were really like carrying a lot of crazy things on their shoulders that weren't like producer yeah. uh, jobs. And so yeah, just trying to like make sure people had like really nice meals, but also had like. You know, food that was out that wasn't just sugar that'll make you crash or like yes. just like fatty things that'll make you tired. Like you really want to make sure to have like, you know, like lots of like fruit and like protein and like, cause mm-hmm. I mean, it's a 12 hour day and it's, yep. it's, it's not a, uh, a static job. I mean, a lot of these people are like doing very intense yeah. things, not just the dancers on camera, but like boom operators, camera operators. I mean, like people carrying lights, like yeah. it's, it's a, it's an athletic thing that you need Absolutely. to go through every day. And, and people, I don't think, understand how able-bodied you have to be mm-hmm. to really work in any department in this industry. Yeah. I mean, not to say that, you know, but it's it's a thing. Like, is, yeah. you have to be able to lift and you have to be able to move and be at different angles. And, um, yeah, I remember we had a meeting right beforehand and we were talking to Danny, our other producer. I think, I think the quote was like, five or six bucks a person for food? Or yeah, I think it was somewhere, it was somewhere in like that seven five something bucks a head per meal sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we didn't have a lot to work with. Mm-mm. But thank God for catering services. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and, and Danny hunted down a lot of like great deals. Yeah. And she was like befriending the local Starbucks right. manager and stuff like that. Like right. It was, uh, yeah, it was a really I like, love that. Awesome and, and apparently they're still friends now. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I fucking love yes, that. It's that's like, so cool. I mean, but that's what you want in a producer. Yeah, for sure. For, for somebody, you know, just to be on the ground and be like, all right, we'll get this done. Especially on the indie side. I mean, like on, on yes. those giant hundred million dollar movies, like the producers probably not going around picking up trash afterwards, but on something this size, like, Yes. At the end of the day, like after everyone leaves, like like you, me, and Danny were the ones like walking around picking up the extra garbage uh-huh. and making sure we're taking the garbage out and like making sure like food's packed away for the next day and like yes. you, you got to do like all the things if, if you're like doing indie producing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Not everything can be a Marvel flick. No, no. I mean, and like, thank God. Yeah, and I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. Danny was wearing tons of hats. I was driving the grip truck every night. Right. Yeah. I was driving to and from yeah. set in a giant, like, like, like genie van. You I know? was like driving you to your house. And, yeah. Like, exactly. you know, yeah. Paying the per- people to park You're, it. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was just like a crazy, crazy thing. But I mean, what we pulled off in a three day shoot is kind of crazy for like a 30 minute ish. Yeah. Short. Talk like, about it. We were just Go talking ahead. about that the other day that like, if you, if you calculate that in terms of like, if it's a 30 minute short that you shoot in three days, if that means like a feature film would be like three times that, which means if we were on a clip to shoot like a feature in, in nine days, which I've done 12 days twice and it breaks you like nine days. I don't, I don't know. Like it, unless it's like in one room or something, <sighs> like it would, boy, it would hurt. So we were like, we were on a clip and a lot of that goes to like Benji and his genie guys too. Cause right. it's like, he was so good at, at, at lighting. It's the lighting that's beautiful, but you also don't know it's lit. Like it's like, right. we all, we called it like 
gritty and pretty, you know, where it's like it was gritty and pretty, super grounded and like super like you know again kind of that docu style, but like he was yeah just like lighting so beautifully and effortlessly, but like on a super tight timetable, like you can't like make everything look like a Monet. You really got to like choose like make your make your subject look as best as possible, and then like tweak your background, and then you're like rocking, you know, and so. That was tricky. And so how did you and Benji, because I know you two talked beforehand, how did yeah, you yeah. kind of figure out, or one, one, how, why did you two, one, work with each other on this? And two, like, how did you get on the same page with making what we did? Yeah, totally. So Benji and I, um, we actually went to college together. So, I mean, we've known each other for years, um, scarily at this point. Actually, today marks the 15th anniversary of me graduating college today. Wow. I didn't know that. And H- I, like, hence the ring. Hence, hence the ring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like 15 years from today, I graduated college. Um, but uh, so yeah, Benji and I um, have been worked together in the past and like we knew each other. We knew like we love, you know, like hanging out and stuff like that, and, which is important. Like you want to, I'm always it's important. Like, you want to be able to like it's important. sit and have dinner with these people as well as work with these people. And, yeah. and uh, so Benji and I like, you know, always like we just have a similar sense of humor and all that stuff. So um, yeah, like basically like early on, because some of it, like when you talk about creative things and this kind of goes back to your like the mechanics of it, like the engineering of it, like you can talk about an aesthetic all day, but it's tough to kind of say, you know, I want it to look like this, but I don't know what that means in terms of like what camera you're right. on, what lens you're on. And so like right. him and I kind of started talking about this like verite aesthetic where it's like kind of like an action, action sports doc. And that was something that routes back to what you and I said. Yeah. Did not just like, there's so many ballet movies or pieces that like make it feel like dainty, you know, or something like that. Right. And yeah. it's like, and it's such, it requires such athletic badassness that like we wanted to like lean into that and like, and show that this is like, an, this is an impact sport that happened to look beautiful, you know? Right. And so, so Benji and I were really trying to like hunker into an aesthetic that lent to that. Um, and so cool. then, and then that went into like lensing and cameras and like, uh, we really love like the the area aesthetic just because it's got like a, a more the area Lexus got kind of more a filmic look. It's a little softer, yeah, and like it just kind of looks a little like creamy and more beautiful. Um, and then on top of that, we put these um, kind of newer um, zooms on it that like have a little bit more of like a kind of a character to it. And we wanted to be able to kind of like play zooms during it to make it kind of feel even more of that dock aesthetic like you're on like an old timey like rocker like dock camera right um and so so once we kind of like put that together um we bounced some some imagery back and forth a little bit but honestly like so much of it was just through discussions and him and i just like are really good at mind melding on that stuff um and then once we got into spaces then it was kind of like a natural like way to kind of find like the lighting and everything. And like, I remember like, like I told you this, but like there's one day where Benji, who's lighting on the sound stage and he like turned to him and he was like, does this look too good? Like, is this too pretty? <laughs> and I was like, no man, like go all in on this one. Cause especially on the that. sound stage, you're starting from nothing, you know, like you're not yeah. augmenting reality, yeah. you're creating reality. And like, uh, and, and I was like, no, dude, like, you know, and then when it's handheld and you're putting the zooms in, like it still mm-hmm. feels of the world, but like you're looking at his lighting and it's just like gorgeous, you know? So it's, it was really cool to kind of ride that gritty and pretty line the whole time. Right. So, yeah. So that was, that was kind of how we found it. it was like through that. And like, and it even eked into the sound design too. Like Jake, our sound guy was like miking your feet on the floor. He was like hiding, yep. hiding microphones and like, yep. you know, like in a backpack that was like, you know, like if someone had like their their gym bag on the side, like there's microphones hidden in there and like micing mm-hmm. feet and stuff to like really hear, 
you guys like on the floor and like that i never even thought about until the day and i'm like oh that makes total sense yeah if you guys are leaping and jumping and it's like quiet yeah it goes back it It starts working the opposite direction whereas like when you guys are like you know and you feel the impact and you feel the body weight and stuff like that and you realize like it's like you know if if you watch a football movie and like they're hitting each other and they're just like yeah you know and then everybody's like you're like oh shit you know like that's the difference yeah that might be a really good comedy yeah, exactly. yeah, these super like jacked dudes and be like, Nyeh. yeah, exactly. Just I think that would be great. It's like <laughs> slapping, get out of my finger way. slapping each other's trying faces. to score. Yeah, so it was. Uh, yeah, so it's definitely like a team thing, but so much of it goes into the cinematography. Yeah, and, like, cool. Benji and I both, and we both also haven't shot that aesthetic very much, and we both like we're obviously capable of it, but like you also don't always get those possibilities. So it's just like a cool byproduct of that was just us being excited to do it, you know, and just kind of be like, cool, this will be like a fun thing that we haven't had a chance to do before. And, and, and I uh, think that's why a lot of people wanted to be a part of this because mm-hmm. it was such a different kind of story. Totally. Yeah. You know, uh, I, 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 I know Benji, he does a lot of commercials as well. Mm-hmm. And so getting a chance to do not just a narrative, but like a unique kind of narrative totally was like, oh yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's have fun. Totally. You know? And the other thing too, is like the aesthetic also lended to like you guys, the actors, like when you, when you're shooting like a very kind of squared up or static or like designed aesthetic, it it means like actors got to be hitting marks a little bit more. It's a little more like your performances have to get chunked out a little bit. And with this, because it was such a, a like a living, breathing, organic dance. Again, I keep using that pun. I'm going to use it 500 times. But uh, pun metaphor. But metaphor. if you guys are like, you know, in a space dancing, like the last thing I want to do is be like, nope, don't go. That's too far. You know, like I just want to let you guys go and let Benji yeah. go. And so like it was really about like design, like not having like a storyboard ideology and more of like a designed aesthetic that will then you know, be allowed to like live and breathe in this space. And so, uh, it just, it just means you guys were freed up more, which means like it's easier on the day. Like you don't, you can really just be in the moment and not have to like worry about things like marks and like timing and that sort of stuff. And I don't know, I know like as an actor, I love acting in that sort of aesthetic because it's just so freeing to not like be feeling the mark for your toe or like making sure your like eye line is that tennis ball on the wall. Like it's like, you really get to like be in a space and like live with people and the camera will find you. you yeah. Know? It's, it was so liberating. I mean, there is a certain point in which you, you kind of do have to know where the camera's going to be totally, yeah. realistically, mm-hmm. but being able to just kind of move and then have the camera follow you instead of it being like, ah, oh, you can't, you can only go from like this 45 degree angle of like mm-hmm. coverage, you know, um, the mirrors too. the mirrors. Uh, well that was another that's a whole other uh, yeah, that's thing. That's a whole other thing. But we did it. Yeah, totally. We, we did it. And, you know, I, I mean, you, you, you look at it now and it's it's amazing how much we you guys were able to stay out of frame <laughs> with all those mirrors in that room. Because it, yeah. it was one, two, three, almost, it was definitely three walls mm-hmm. of mirrors. And there was a small mirror on the fourth wall, too. Yep of the main room mm-hmm. where we did a lot of our shooting. Um, and it was so funny in editing, we would like pass by and we would, <laughs> you would see you, Benji, Eric, usually boom operator, uh, the yeah. boom operator hiding behind like a pillar, <laughs> yep. maybe the size of like, like, I don't know, like a foot. 
yeah like a pillar somewhere and you're all just kind of like totally and we would just kind of see you sometimes mm-hmm. be like oh there they are yeah so um i can only imagine what it was like for you kind of like yeah getting all nice and cozy with benji and eric yep. and like <laughs> benji would basically like lead the dance and i would just like be on his back yeah. and like yeah, yeah. we'd be like whispering to each other and like feeling it out as we go and then eric who luckily is a big dude would basically be standing like behind me and then going up and over all of us and if benji had the easy rig on too that means like benji has like a, over like, a dinosaur yeah. head on top of him which means he has to go even higher and then we would just kind of have to like stay in line and like and just know too i mean like just from having like an editing background too, I'm just like, if we get in, we don't use it. It's fine. Like, don't stop a right. take. Don't like, you know, so it's like, if you're, if we're in there, like, let's try to see if we can frame it out. If we can't, it's just not usable, but like, don't interrupt the flow or the action. And, and, uh, and we also, yeah. we just didn't get in there that often though. Like in post mm-hmm. when we were going through it, it was like, not all that often, like every now and then it would be like the edge of frame. We could maybe just like scale yeah. it and frame it out a little bit, but it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. No. I was expecting more craziness to be honest, but we were able to, just find it on the day yeah but i i noticed with you because you know we, we've talked a lot uh since then you like to be like right there in the action yeah totally you know like you, like you even had your own monitor like i know a lot of people they kind of live in video village yeah and totally. they dictate from there yep um like why do, why do you choose that is that just because you have your acting background or is that like yeah i mean i think for me it's like especially in this sort of thing where the camera's like just living and breathing with the performance at the time, like it's going to take forever if I'm like, after a take, if I'm like giving Benji a note or a new idea or something like that. And then that means like we're then adjusting in between takes. And like when you have a camera operator as talented as Benji too, it's like just adjust on the fly. Like if him and I are like constantly whispering at each other, like, you know, and just like adjusting on the fly or like, you know, like he's got such a great aesthetic brain, but like, but also like I have a cinematography background too. And so it's nice to be able to kind of just be like, Hey, let's find that like edge of the mirror. Or like, let's pull it off the mirror. Or like, let's like get a little bit more of like, you know, the, the other dancers like in the foreground and like, you know, like that way we can kind of just like, it's immediate communication and immediate adjustments rather than like taking the time to like do adjustments and notes between take and like, and it take like literally, even if it just takes me 30 seconds to walk from the monitor to benji in between takes and back like if it's a 30 second walk that's a minute every single take and if you're doing 200 takes in the day like that's just like a massive 200 minute like hole that you just fell into so right it's i don't know for me it's just and it means i'm also closer to you guys the actors right. too and like for the same thing like not having to like run around and find you guys or like or yell to you which is just like a, i hate yelling to people on set it's just like not a not a great vibe but um but yeah just hunkering into the action and like letting the monitor like be used by like hair and makeup or like other producers or whoever needs to see it and like let them have it and like i'll just hunker in my own little monitor and like you know live and breathe like right in the performance space with you guys and benji is it's just that's how i've always been yeah sweet sweet so even on like bigger movies where it's like you have like several cameras or whatever like it's the same thing like i'll have a little monitor and i'll like be running between camera operators and like and then like they call cut and i'm already standing next to the actor you know it's like it's just better. It's just more efficient. Yeah, way more efficient. Yeah. It's just a better vibe than like like in between a take, like you yelling, like hearing a note yelled to you across a set. Yeah, that's not, like that's not a good look. You to yell back if you have a question or something. Like, it's just so much easier to be like, hey, let's try that beat a little bit longer. You'd be like, cool, and like, did this moment play okay? And I'd be like, oh, cool, we'll get that a little bit more yeah. on camera. And like, that's just like, 
it organically happens when you have a conversation rather than being like, let's try a bead, you know, and you're just like, what? A bead? Okay. And it's just like wasted time. That wasted. We could have done another take by then and had just yeah. like more like work and like more like to edit and like, you know, more to learn like with that time. And so, yeah, that's why I do it. But, nice. Yeah. Love it. I love it. Plus you can also see in real time. You know, it's like if I see Benji not able to get over here because there's like a pole or he's going to trip on a freaking mic cable or something, I I see what the issues are in real time rather than just seeing what the outcome is and then having to learn what the problem was in between takes too. Like I can, I yeah. can like osmos that during the take. So then at the end, I'll be like, hey, let's get that mic cable tape, like taped down so Benji can get a little further over and like just jump on it rather than be like, why didn't you go over further? You know what I mean? And Benji being like, I'm going to trip and die. Yeah. And so... Yeah, it's just so many reasons it's more conducive. And also, you have such a technical background mm -hmm. that you can do that. You can give those suggestions on the fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know so much of what's going on in any given situation Yeah. Um, that you can be that third voice mm -hmm. of being like, hey, can we try this? Totally. Uh, which I know a lot of maybe more creative directors who don't know the technical aspect may not even know that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Totally. Or would help the scene in some way. For sure. Um, no, and I've, yeah. I've also just as an actor too, like again, like I always, you know, treat people the way you like to be treated. Yes. It's, it's kind of like where I always yes. start and then I find how like each actor like likes a note or doesn't like a note or like likes to collaborate or doesn't like to collaborate and like that's the, that's like, you know, but I always start with like what I know works for me as, as just like a good like jumping off point and like all my favorite directors that I've ever worked with are like hunkered in there. Like, I don't think I've ever worked with a director who like is at the monitor, like a hundred yards away screaming things like has ever kind of been my vibe as an actor to like get a note, you know? And like, but when you have a director like standing right there or like hunkered on the ground, like right there, there's just something that's like a collective, like you're in the trenches together vibe. That's really nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to culture. That goes yeah. back to setting the tone. That goes back to everything. Totally. And I bet you a lot of, those really well-respected directors um, that people may or may not all know, um, that's why they keep working. That's yeah. why that they're respected. Totally. Because actors will go like, oh, yeah, I like work. I, this is what I like working with. Yeah. You know, I don't like someone yelling at me from, like, a football field away. Totally. Looking at five different monitors. Yeah. Or checking their phone or not knowing what they're doing and how they're doing it. Yeah. I'm not saying that people are checking their phones. Like, when they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. What were some uh, fun moments during the shooting of this film? Mm-hmm. Or it could be any other film that really kind of uh, gave you, like, more of an appreciation or taught you something new because I mm -hmm. figured like, I know for me, anything, anytime I do something, I learn something new. Yeah, for sure. And I bet you you're the same way. hundred percent. Yeah. So like, is there something that you've, that you were doing that you were like, Oh, I never even knew that. I never even considered that. And now you, you, it's yeah. in your toolbox now. Totally. I mean, like I loved learning about the dance stuff. Like, I think that was something like I, I've shot, dance before but like never with like this much integration into the narrative and the storytelling obviously like yeah especially with you guys being like proper pro dancers like as well as actors like that was just cool for me to like you know be able to say like okay aesthetically something like this or in this area how does that work and like for you guys to be like well you almost always like move from this corner to this corner if you're doing like a, like an actual like full movement and like for me to be like oh like i just you know those are things you don't think of 
as a viewer when you're watching like someone like practicing in a class or in like a rehearsal yeah. or a recital or something like that like you you just don't think of those sort of logistics so it's cool for me to like learn that and and just make sure to like capture that appropriately and know like when's the time to hunker in and then also like for you guys it's like you know the the prep for a move is like a thing you know or like even if like the really like cool cool looking part is like your upper body there's so much technical stuff going on down low and like yeah. and knowing that especially with us like we had talked about like we really wanted to like include the the ballet community in this and like and cater to them and make them feel included and so like if it was something where like you just never saw those like technical aspects that the dance community would have like really respected then that would have sucked you know so like for me it was like a cool thing to be like what what makes this move like badass and for you to be like it's it's really about this it's really about this and like these are the things that are hard for people so like showing this is like a cool thing and like for me and benji to be like cool like adjust that on the fly like there's there's definitely times where we like we're ready to rock and then i'd like walk through it a little bit and i'd be like yeah we're on the wrong lens actually i think you know like i would actually like relens a shot and like benji and i would be like yeah we need to be like wider or tighter to like cater mm. to the dance and so that was something that was just really neat, man. Cause you just, and like, that's what I kind of love about filmmaking in general is like, there would be no time that I would be like in a, like a big, like rehearsal of like pro dancers ever. Like in a nor if I was an accountant, like I probably wouldn't be doing that, like, you know, or like in any other movie <laughs> I've done, like you're not like, you know, you're in a Vietnam firefight with like machine guns and stuff like that. Like those are not things that like me in 2023 as like a random dude would get to do. But then like when you hunker into this film world, like every single film you do, it's like you're learning so much about the world and the new people and the characters. And like, that's, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah. and for me, it's like, even like I was the first time I shot on those lenses. Like that was just like a fun thing for me to know, like how's the lens breathe? Where's like the, the best way to play it and like that sort of stuff. So I don't know, man, I'm always, always learning for sure. They were nice lenses. Yeah, they're great. And it was funny cause they're like, they're not super expensive either. And like, what's funny yeah. is, um, I mean, like we had access to like very expensive lenses, but like the character these lenses had and brought to it were just really interesting and like something that we, we dug. And so it was like, you know, we, and like, plus we loved just like the, the zoom aspect. It was, was a cool thing too. And like, they were light enough that Benji could still handhold everything and still like play zooms and stuff like that. Cause I mean, a lot of zooms, like, you get like a 12 they're big one boys. they're like a potato cannon. Yeah. Like you can't just run around hand holding those. Like unless you're freaking like the Hulk Hogan, like you're just not going to be able to <laughs> operate appropriately. So um, there's like one cinematographer that does that stuff. I think, what is his name? Um, Hoyt Van Hoytma is like the one cinematographer that like, that's a cool name. First of all, really cool cinematographer. He shoots a lot of Chris Nolan stuff. Like, okay. like Dunkirk. And like, if you watch like some of the behind the scenes on Dunkirk, they shot that at an IMAX camera and he like, like just on his shoulder hand holds it. And those cameras are so big and heavy. He's yeah. just like a mountain of a dude with like hair down to here. And he's just running around operating this like total badass. But um, for us, it was like, Benji was like, I need to be able to like float around with ballet dancers yeah. and we just can't get some of these bigger zooms on stuff. So like, so those lenses were just like kind of a cool, like way to find like character and like play that zoom stuff, but also not have Benji eat it into the floor. Every time. Right. So and yeah. I and I really like because he did switch lenses one time that was in the doctor scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. You switched to super super, super speeds. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And Benji was doing like a technique called like uh, floating, floating the lens, floating yeah. the lens. I thought that was really cool because it made a really cool um, effect, especially when my character was about to faint. Yep. And it gave this little like twisted view of like, but like it, it's so funny because that's like the one time it kind of looks 
different mm-hmm. and it's because of this the lens yep and i think a lot of people who just watch films they don't realize that the lens is part of the story for sure the camera is part of the story mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, I, I, I don't know there's 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 so much to be said about what you don't see yeah totally and like and what you don't realize that everything you're seeing is going through and yes like, a lens is literally like I mean, it's like contrast plays into lensing. Like, does it look sharp and clinical? Does it look like slightly distorted and have mm. character? Like, is it soft? Is it is it like, you know, those, those sort of characteristics, like I don't think people realize go so much into the lensing of it. And like, yeah, and like the floating the lens for like f- folks that don't know, it's it's you're basically holding the lens like in front of the camera body. You're not actually attaching it. And so like you can kind of like pull the, the lens back and forth just little bits at a time. And what it does is like, the focal plane, like what's sharp and what's out of focus will just like move. And then if you like pull it away from the body, it's, it's called light bleed, but like yeah. light bleeds in the side. And so you'll get like flares, but they're like kind of different looking flares. Cause they're not actually going through the front optics. They're like just hitting the sensor. And so like, it's a very like off putting and off kilter aesthetic. And like for you, yeah. in that scene where your character is like passing out, like it was this, it's this weird thing where we suddenly can like, get into it where like as you're starting to go it's like the actual lensing starting to go too and it just kind of like adds to that that aesthetic and, and that vibe and i just loved how quick benji was to suggest yeah. that totally yeah and then you were just like let's yeah, do it yeah he was like we have a couple minutes can i float a super speed and i was like fucking rocket dude and like he yeah and it's like you know when someone's as good as benji there, there's no like rehearsal to it he just like no. then the acs are good enough that they're just kind of like cool got it and they know what to do like suddenly he's like holding a lens it's not attached to the camera and like you kind of got to hold it over the camera so stuff doesn't hit your sensor yeah like, that'd be it's nice like, yeah. sort of a risky thing and like yeah. so but then like as soon as we go he'd just be like boop and like suddenly he's like operating and hand holding a camera and literally hand holding the lens what independently boss. from the camera what and like fucking boss total that, boss man. so like yeah that that was like a really fun cool uh yeah. thing that like you just don't see that often it's not like it's not like a new new invention but it's just not a commonly used one so it was cool to dig yeah. into that yeah yeah and just fun that we were again we had fun yeah totally. we did it we did the thing yeah for sure and there's even like another thing that we did that was also benji's idea that was just like a weird cool aesthetic was um, shoot it. He shot a couple time lapsey things at like six frames a second. But what it was. Oh, like, yeah. But, that what one. That, yeah. Talk about that. What that created is like a very, like, almost a long exposure. And so for you got, like, for what the image that it creates is, is because we were doing a, a time lapse on you sitting still with like dancers kind of like just going through the foreground. And it was like, it was kind of a metaphor for like your life starting to pass you by. Right. But, like, Benji, like, won this, like, six frames a second thing where, so because you're exposing for so long on each frame that, like, the actors, as they would move through the frame, would almost, like, leave, like, ghost trails. Like, it would kind of, like, create a very weird aesthetic that was just like a neat way again of like just kind of playing into that metaphor is like of things passing you by and like literally the trails of the things that were passing you by right. were like left on the image and it was just like a cool thing and so that's like you know tucked in there too into some of the like montages and stuff so yeah. um and that was I, I had actually never done that before so that was just a cool one where like benji was like what if we do this and i was like yep <laughs> like, <laughs> give it a shot and so we like we did like you know two takes on two different lensings with it and uh, yeah it was super super cool outcome i liked it so it just makes your job easy when you have a dp who can just totally. do that yeah it is fun and, and it goes back to also like being prepared and knowing 
like the mechanics of a thing. So like when Benji's like, Hey, I want to shoot it at this. Like, what do you think? Like, I instantly know what that's going to look like. And I know what he's talking about. Cause there's, you know, there's people that I feel like will just be like, I don't know what you're talking about, but just I'll trust you to run with it, you know? And like, it could fit, it could not fit. But like at that point, they just wouldn't know what that meant. But for me, I'm kind of like, Oh, it's six frames a second. But like, because of that, it's like long exposure. So I was like, I like knew what that would look like. And to a a point, because it's always like, you're always going to discover a little bit as you're shooting it. But like, so I knew right away that it was a cool idea. And like, and I was like, yeah, run with it. And like, it worked great. And it it found a way, it's way into the cut for sure. So it was cool. Cool, cool, cool. I love that. I love that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked a lot about Benji this whole time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of a lot of like, yeah, build, the, the aesthetic build that uh, that Benji was uh, so so integral and is just like a cool thing for this film. And I think unique too. Like, it's just a fun way to unique, portray the world. And I think we needed it as well, just because, like you said, a lot of people wore different types of hats. Mm-hmm. You know, um, everybody did. Like. You know, people, people like would talk to me and like, be like, Ooh, wow. So you like wrote, produced and starred in your thing and be like, yeah, but like, like these guys, they, they did the work. I feel that's how I feel. I mean, I I did a lot of work too, but like you guys had to know what you were doing. Benji had to know what he was doing. Totally. Yeah. Jake, Eric, all of them just had, you had to know what you were doing so that I could just be the actor on the day. Yeah. And that was one thing that like we had talked about like early on. Right. Like obviously like the producing of it is like months out and like months after we're still going on the producing side, but like, but then the act, the, the, sorry, the writing part too is like, that's such a, a process and like making sure that like we have the best blueprint going in. So like if you hadn't crushed that before we went into it, then it's like a lot more of like problem solving on the day and that sort of thing. And like that, like that very rarely happened on this, you know? And like to the, to the point where it's like, and, and you almost always going to have to figure something on the day once you actually get in the space and that sort of thing. But for this, it was like very rare. Like most of the time it was like exactly like what was on the page was like perfect for how yeah. we did it. And some of that was like also me and you talking before. And like, if there's anything where I was like, I think with our limitations or with like our whatever, let's like figure out a way to problem solve like this. And like for us to kind of like make those like adherences like early on too, and try to get ahead of it. And so it was like, it was just like great, great script, great planning. Like my movie's made in pre-production and that's like, you know, it was Mm -hmm. a really important thing that that blueprint was in place. And I really have to thank you for, um, allowing me to still have my creative vision. Yeah, totally. Because I remember when I first wrote it, you know, I, I, I'm not, I didn't see myself as a writer, especially back then. Um, but at the, at, at that point I had a lot of feedback and a lot of people saying like, this is a lot of material for a short, mm-hmm. you know, either make this into a feature, which I didn't have the money for. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have, you know, I didn't want to wait months and months or years to get the funding, right? Um, or do a part of the of the story. And anytime I would write just a part of the story, it wouldn't be as impactful. Yeah, totally. And I liked one of our first uh, talks or first discussions of it. You were just like, "Let's do the whole story." Yeah, I think we can do this. Totally. And I, I really, I really thank you for that because, you know. It just made it that much better yeah. to be able to tell a whole like beginning, middle, and end. You know, I understand. You know, some people write shorts 
as a means to an end, like mm-hmm. a scene from a feature right. to get traction. Like I know Whiplash did that. That's mm-hmm. kind of like everyone talks about, yep. um, but they're not the only one who did that. Um, but any, but anytime I did it, it just wasn't as impact. Like I didn't get the same like umph. Mm-hmm. And you were the first person to be like, we can do this. Yeah. No, no, no problem. Like, let's just have fun. It's crazy, man. Like, like and I and like we had the conversation early too because I was early to make, yeah. make sure that like I also wasn't like guiding you towards a failure either and I, so I like we had that discussion early where I was like like what's important to you getting into festivals or telling a full and complete story and you were like festivals are a nice bonus but full and complete story is the goal and when you have something that runs like thirty minutes you're just not going to get programmed as much in short festivals yes. Yeah that like 30 minute short is like four or five other shorts. And so like programming just inherently is going to lean towards doing four or five other filmmakers work than your one bigger work. So it's really hard to program longer things, but like, you know, at that point you were like, let's take the gamble on the film festival side, but like, let's tell the full and complete story. And I give you a lot of props for that. Cause I, I think it was the right decision because yeah, right. I've read some of the shorter drafts and I was like, it's cool, but also like I'm missing, like, I feel like the emotional, end or the emotional beginning that was yeah. in the longer script that you had that I was just was like the je ne sais quoi is just yeah. not there you know so yeah I think I think you made the right call for sure I and and um I, I guess that would be like the one thing I would like tell people is like don't sell your story short yeah you know not not just because this was literally based on a true story that I lived through right but you know don't don't sell don't don't give a part of your art Mm-hmm. when you could do the whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, the reason why I kind of was like, you know, film festivals are great at letting people be seen and, let, you know, trying to do new things. But there's a million two ways to get to the destination you're trying to get to. Yeah. And I didn't really make this at first to even make it. I was just writing. Right. Because I just thought, hey, I have this nice story and I have some ideas for scripts. Let me just start writing. Mm-hmm. And look where it came. Yeah. Totally. Look where it is right now. Like literally we're submitting to some of the biggest film festivals in the world. Like again, it's gonna be a struggle because it's so long, but right. at the same time, you know, I think we have a really good story. Bonus if it gets bonus, but if not, that wasn't the goal in the first place. No, 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 no. And plus, like everybody that we hired, like I just think it's so cool that my idea turned into jobs for like a couple dozen people. Totally, yeah. And also, like I'm deeply indebted to them, indebted to them my whole life. I I feel like, Um, and. I don't know. It's it's just a cool thing just to be able to do. Like totally. I moved to LA to try to make films and to act and I'm doing just that. Yeah, for sure. So like, I and, don't know. And that was part of it too is like early on, like when we were talking about it, it's like if this is something that you're going to do and like invest the time and, and the energy and like it's going to, it's, it's going to be like if it's a seven minute short, you've just acted in seven minutes of a film. If it's a 30 minute <laughs> yeah. short, then like you just act in 30 minutes of a film. So I think that was like a healthy part of the discussion too, of just being like, what is the, the end goal and what is going to be the end experience, you know, like right. for you, like, and, and yeah, like the, the long version just had so many versions of light and shade and like such a roller coaster of a, of an arc for a character and the shorter ones, 
like they were great moments, but like you didn't get to ride that whole roller coaster. It was right. like one hill or one drop, right. you know, and that was it. So yeah, yeah. And I remember I, uh, when we first met, we met at a Fourth of July uh, party, <laughs> and I was telling you about it. And we were just watching the fireworks in all of LA, and you're just like, yeah, okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, send it to me. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it was just so funny that that turned into doing the film, shooting it. And then eventually to you being here in my living room. I just think that's, I just think, I just think life is so odd and wild. And I, 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 I know for myself, I can't have a certain set formula for how it, something could work. Totally. Because then you turn yourself off of all the other ways that it can work. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I want. I want to work. Yeah. No. Be, being a leaf on the wind sometimes can be scary. But but like when the wind blows you in a cool direction, where we just get to like That's sit right. and watch fireworks and chat about life and stuff, and like and then like from that start to be like, cool, maybe we can make a project together. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, yeah. fun, a fun like byproduct of like just yeah. riding riding the wind. Yeah. And and just all the friends along the way that we've we've made as well yeah totally it kind of like started with with uh danny safka and like eric pierce who was like yeah. like our mutual yeah. friend between danny and i and then danny was your mutual friend between all of us and like right and then you're friends with pam yep who knew exactly. oscar yep exactly you know and then i also met isabel like you know like it was it was very cool it was a cool yeah it was a cool like constellation of the way of everyone kind of just made yeah. their, made their way to the yeah to the yeah project yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah it was just a dream team man yeah i loved it i loved it um For sure. is there anything else you want to wrap with anything you want to say anything you want to plug that's some something new that you're you're doing right now no i, th- I think overall like i'm just stoked about the the journey that we went on with this one you know oh, yeah and i just feel like there's still a little left to be done just to get through the very end of uh of posts but yeah, like anytime you kind of like pull off the impossible, like it's it's a good feeling, you know. And like, a, there's a lot of folks. I mean, you had even been told it before that like, just said, you know, with this level of a budget and this level of a of a script, like it's just not doable. And uh, it's just it's kind of nice to just like beat beat the odds and get a cool like like beautiful like story out into the world. And uh, and I think think it's it's gonna be fun like i think a lot of people will enjoy it and uh, and then it's a really fun ride to then once you kind of like put your baby out into the world just like watch other people just kind of like ride that roller coaster that we got to ride the whole yeah. way making it yeah and, uh, and watching it through other people's eyes it's just like yeah. a cool experience always yeah i love it i love it and yeah just don't sell yourself short yep and be open to the possibility that it can work maybe not the way that you want it to or think that it should work but it happens in an even better way than you could ever thought totally you know yeah because you know I, I i can tell you right now people i've met doing this i'm probably gonna know for the rest of my life totally yeah so like that's awesome i think for sure um it's always like a like a, that bonding experience of like being in the trenches like we could call it earlier it's like Maybe it's trauma bonding, but it's also just like you know that <laughs> that 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 team aspect of going through uh, through this experience together. Like you just you always come out on the other side, like just like forever bonded with everyone that you worked with, and uh, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and and I think we're creatures of I, I don't know. We're all social creatures here, and we're all doing this life thing together. So I don't know. I don't want to get all metaphysical, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's you know we. We did it. Yeah, totally. We, 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 we were all surviving and being able to come together for a common goal and everyone enjoys themselves. Like 
what what's better than that yeah totally you know um yeah it was really fun just watching like and anytime you're on a film that that's like this like everyone's just in sync and everyone's having fun like just watching that every now and then on set and just like appreciating that and it's tough because everyone's so tunnel visioned on their on their tasks but like you know every now and then i just like peek up off my monitor and just like look at like some people laughing as they're like decorating something or like some people just like chatting that maybe would have never met otherwise like a ballet dancer in a boom op you know like like, you know (laughs) shopping the shit and like i'm just like this is awesome like these are these are just like you know it makes a family that that are from so many walks of life that like there's no other reason that they probably would have crossed paths well i i didn't feel like i had a ton of moments like that Mm -hmm. because i felt like i was pulled in five different directions Mm -hmm. every single second totally uh but i remember every time that the day would end Mm -hmm. i'd like recount in my head going wow that i just did that (laughs) we just did that and you two are friends now and we're just you know it's just so cool you know Um, it it it, you you don't realize a lot of people in this industry they they're, they're so career oriented yeah and not enough people oriented mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah but at the same time we're doing so much together and we're putting a, literally our blood sweat and tears into each project that we do yeah and understanding that and really kind of giving you know the humanity the spotlight mm-hmm. first i think and this is just something I've been thinking of, like, be a good human first. Yeah, totally. You know, and, and, and I think that that's why we work to get well together. You know, yeah. we're, we're just two guys, like, trying to enjoy ourselves. Yeah, totally. Doing it. And we're, we're just having fun and telling cool stories and not trying to screw somebody over. You know, yeah, we're totally. not, and we're not trying to just, like, get too xyz paycheck or award or something mm-hmm. you know we're, we're 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 humans first totally and i think in the long run that's gonna yield better outcomes for sure it's, it's funny man like er like early on as well as in college and it was like i had sent my senior thesis that i wrote to a buddy of mine who was a filmmaker who was just like a very very talented writer and director and he's told me this quote and i think he might have been quoting maybe kurosawa but maybe don't quote me on that um, but it was like, he was just like, one thing to always remember is like every story is just a series of moments. And it was one of those things that I like was kind of like, yeah, that's obvious. But then like really think about that. And like, and he was talking in the sense of filmmaking, but like in terms of life, it's like one of those things where you're just kind of like, yeah, if you're always like focused on like the story and the journey and your career or where you're going to you know? be next year and you don't enjoy those moments, then like what are you doing? You know, what are you like doing? you're never going to be in it. And so that's something that I've just like always kept with me. And, and I feel like making a film, the film itself and life kind of all play right into the hand of that quote. And I'm sure that you've met, and I know I have met some people who have gotten to those highs of highs mm-hmm. and gotten that success mm-hmm. and they're not any happier. Totally. Yeah you know, they might have a huge house and a lot of commas in their bank account mm-hmm. and all that stuff happening for them. But, you know, nothing changed once they got it. Totally. And the thing that they were searching for was not what they thought. Right. That they were looking for. That's kind of like the sad reason of like, and I mean, again, like I'm a fly on the wall for this sort of stuff. But a lot of people are like, 
why do these celebrities like like why do they just stop acting and like they do nonprofit stuff or like why do they have drug problems or like what you know like there's like there's a lot of these like tropes in the community of like celebrities or like you know people who have yeah. made it and sometimes i feel like it's because like when they when they get it you know and they get that thing that they've been chasing for so long for probably their whole life and then they realize whatever it is they just got didn't make them any happier or they feel like all right i reached the top of the mountain now i have 60 more years of my life what the hell do i do with those 60 years like there's there's a weird thing that that does to you especially like in this industry and so yeah like I feel like a lot of the people that I see that like make it, but then continue being happy. It's like, they like enjoy those moments with their family. They enjoy each movie they make as a moment, as in a bonding experience and not just like some like way to just scorch the earth with their artistry and then like, you know, right. shove it in people's face. And like, it's a weird, it's a weird mindset, but at the same time, like there's this almost, I almost feel like it's fewer people that, make it and then are just like super content like with either like then leaving the industry or like continuing to do what they want to do it's almost like more common for people to like make it and then be like oh this is this is it eh like this is what i've been this is what i've been chasing fuck and nah. then and then it's just like downhill drugs like not knowing to do with life like right f meltdowns fall apart and like i mean there's a lot of mental health struggles in this industry because of that yes. too. and like it's it's a it's a weird, it's a weird game, but and it's uh, also an industry. I don't think people yeah. realize that enough as well. Like people are like seeing this as as dreams, but then you you actually get the, to those dreams and you realize that it's a lot of business. Yeah, it's a lot of corporate. It's a lot of suits in a boardroom mm -hmm. making those decisions as well, and thinking that I think a lot of people try to try to reach that dream thinking it's going to like give them like the happiness. Yeah, but really it's at the end of the day, it's business mm -hmm. for many of those success stories. Yeah. You know, and I know you've worked with a lot of some of these individuals as well mm -hmm. um, at every level. Totally. And I, I, I think, you know, happiness is one of those things where it doesn't matter what level of quote unquote success you get. It's yeah. more of an internal thing. Yeah. You know, like, why are you doing so? I mean, uh, sandpaper. Um, the whole point of it was asking, "Why are you doing something?" Yeah. Are you doing it for the accolades, for the paycheck, for the prestige, for the ego, or are you doing it because you actually like doing the thing? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I would ask a lot of a lot of creatives that question. Yeah. Are you actually enjoying doing the thing? Yeah. Or are you doing it for an end goal? Because if you're doing it for an end goal, what if you get it? Yeah. Then what? I don't know. Yeah. That that's my question. There's a, there's another famous quote. I'm not. I'm just gonna start dropping quotes. Do um, it. There's another famous quote that's like the worst thing in life is never getting what you want, and yeah, the worst talking. thing in life is getting exactly what you want. And there's like a really interesting, like like ideology behind that where you can really realize like yeah like if you get exactly what you want in life then like what do you chase at that point and and for me like any of the you know the individuals that i've been lucky enough to work with who are like those people who like got that massive success early or or even late but like but then enjoyed the ride or continue to enjoy the ride they're the ones that i always like feel like are staying like mentally healthy and 
you know, fulfilled in life. And I very rarely cross paths with folks that have like made it and now are just like aimless because they don't know like what are they chasing now because they already got yeah. what they want. And so um, I've been pretty fortunate to like meet more of the people that are like, yeah, I did it. And I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm going to make more goals. I'm going to do philanthropic work on the side. I'm going to like maybe start painting. Like, you know, like those are the people that I'm like, sweet. Like, dude, you're just chase, chasing dreams. And like the dream is okay to shift, you know, like it doesn't yeah. have to be a single thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I hope that I'm also one of those individuals. Like, you know, I had a ballet career for 10 years mm-hmm. and now I'm starting the acting, which now is turning into a producing writing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, where's it going to go? Mm-hmm. But I'm just following my heart. Totally. And that's all I can do. Yeah. I don't, I only know what I know and that's very little, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Same. Yeah. yeah. So as, if, as long as you're enjoying it, like do it. Yep. Have fun with it. And enjoy the process of learning, which is like what you and I talked about, like that both of us love is like that process of just like getting to like dip your toe into new worlds and like learn new things. And like, especially in this industry, we're like, technology's crazy fast and like coming off the back of COVID, like the industry's changing, not necessarily for the better, but like it still means you got to adapt and like, yeah. you know, all those things are like very interesting yeah. worlds always dabble in for sure. There's always an adaptation, especially in the film mm-hmm. and TV industry yeah you know like i i think about like all the different iterations with the the start of talkies you know you know mm-hmm. silent films the now people are talking like that's such a revelation and yeah. then it was like oh my god color like mm-hmm. what is this like people wear colors and are different shades and then it's you know and then f- keep going from there and then digital and then streaming and like all the iterations and who totally. knows what's going to happen next with yeah. AI and being able to copy and paste someone's face onto like another person and, you yeah. know, um, making somebody look younger or older, Yeah, you know, uh, I'm really excited. I know yeah. a lot of people kind of think of it as dystopian, mm-hmm. but I don't know if, if I'm 60 years old and they can make me look 20, why not? Yeah, I'll still I'll still keep working. It's you know? interesting, man. Like I and it, I I was like on that precipice of like when I was in film school, it was right when like digital was like starting to take off, ah. and so it was like like the first couple of films I ever shot were on film. Like I was like still in that point where we were shooting sixteen millimeter and we were cutting on like chop blocks and stuff like that, and like learning the craft that way. But it was like, but then on the side we also had like mini dv cameras and like you know like cameras that were shooting like 720p and like weird wow. stuff like that. And it was like this weird thing where we were like kind of dabbling in the digital and kind of like dabbling in like the film side and then like by the time i was like a senior in college this like weird thing called a red camera was like suddenly coming out and yeah. people were like it's four times hd and you're just like what like that's yeah. like that's possible and then like like right after college and i shot the first thing i ever shot on a red growing pains for sure but at the same time, it was like things to learn. And it was like, you know, a new way. Like I'd just been shooting film all these years and shooting on like, you know, like lower end, like digital. And now it was like, oh, like this is how a sensor handles this in 4K. And like, these are the sorts of lenses that reds handle better. And like, it was just, yeah, with every new turn, yes, growing pains, but also like part of growing pains is growing up and like learning, yeah. you know? And so it's been, it's been cool. Like, but just, that was just like, even me is still like a pretty young filmmaker, like going through that transition just in like the few years that I was in college was like very kind of indicative of what this industry is where it really yeah. moves freaking fast and exhibition obviously has changed 
so different oh, with much. you know the, yeah. the world of streaming becoming a thing mm-hmm. like Netflix when that came out was like not cool like it was like going on Netflix was like not a cool thing like you never wanted your film to end on Netflix and it was like like in the distribution world like your film would go to Netflix to die and now it's like this place where like everyone's like dude I got a Netflix original and you're like oh shit that's amazing yeah. and like it's it's just moving you know and and I'm hoping theater like all like the the movie theaters like always stays alive but you know you I get, think to a point they yeah. will I think it will. Like, I think that that movie going experience of like going into the church of cinema and like experiencing right. it at that level is something that I, I don't think will ever die. But like, you also got to be able to like know that the streaming thing is like a huge world and there's a lot of stuff that's going to live on that. There's a lot of stuff that's like, I mean, even if you do shoot the next big Marvel movie, like, you also got to know like you're probably going to end up on streaming. And so it's like, making sure like honestly you shoot a little bit different when you're like exhibition space is going to be a slightly smaller screen like you're going to be shooting like a little bit tighter and like right your eye tracking got to be a little bit tighter in the edit because like you know in a movie theater it's just like it's just a little different when you have like you know if there's a big lawrence of arabia wide shot and you see the little like horses running and everything you're just kind of like whoa it's so big right you watch it on your phone you're like what are those specs in the desert what what am i watching right now you know and it's it's just a a slightly different thing which sucks a little bit but also it's just like just different different storytelling like it's it's context yeah exactly you know so you know it's it's gonna be okay i think everyone's gonna just like adhere to new ways and like adapt and like you said and and move and keep moving we're all gonna be fine yeah we're gonna make it we're gonna make it movies are still gonna be a thing the sun is gonna rise tomorrow yep and there will always be stories to be told totally so even like tarantino now has this uh this thing I've heard and it's like, it's a sad thing in some ways, but I'm like, it's a smart thing, but like in the edit and like in the color stage and stuff like that, they have it like in a movie theater on a movie screen, but then they've also got like, you know, a 55 inch TV. They've also got like a 16 inch laptop. They've also got a 12 and a half inch iPad. Absolutely. And they have a phone and all of those are in sync with each other. And like, they got to make sure they're hitting like the best of all the worlds to like really make sure like, yeah, like even if someone's watching this movie on a phone, like, it's still going to work color wise or it's still going to work like framing wise. And, and obviously you got to shoot for it a little bit too, but um, just, yeah, it's part of the adaption now. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for the future. Yeah. It sounds like you are too. For sure. You're going to keep learning. I'm going to keep learning. The, f- the future is going to come whether you like it or not. So you yes. Might as well, have might as well in- it. embrace it and yep. enjoy it. And uh, when all the AI overlords are basically, you know, taking our brains and putting it into their bodies, Mm-hmm. To inhabit it, to make I don't know Fast and Furious, two thousand eighty seven. Sweet, ah, uh, the eighty um, seven's a nice one. Yeah, <laughs> one of my faves. Yeah, <laughs> we'll still be enjoying it. Yo, um, thanks to you for coming over. No, this is the best, man. Yeah, yeah, and and we'll be doing more for sure. You know, we'll be going through scenes and hopefully up here it won't just be a lake. We'll have scenes from the movie totally we'll but i love your it. lake it's nice it's nice it's, it's a nice it, lake you know it's just it's, the it's right portable. amount of wind and this yes. portable lake yeah. yes it's portable <laughs> um all right danny Sweet. thanks so much and uh yeah see you next time man. see you next time for sure